0: He awakens my ear to hear as I learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. These days I kind of uh, receive in my spirit what I believe God wants me to speak about, but generally I don't have an idea where it's going. And I don't know why this is happening to me these days a lot. Uh, So tonight... I want to speak uh, about obedience. Obedience. And to the side of that, passion for God. And passion for the Word of God. A lot of Christians go to church, and it's, it's all over the world, it seems. It's an exercise. Something to do. I went to church on Sunday. Everyone is going to church. So I went there. That's misguided. The truth is, you can go to church, but God's looking for passion in your heart towards Him. That's very important to God. You can do practice, do whatever you're doing, and remember what it says. Vain, repetition... What about vain actions that don't mean anything to God because your heart's not in it? There is no passion for God. The word of God has not gripped your heart. There is no desire to really go after it. And God knows it. So we have to understand that God sees our. Let me say this. There will be two judgments in the last days two different types of judgment there is judgment for punishment for not receiving Christ then there is judgment for reward your the judgment for reward determines your status in heaven through eternity you can't change it please understand Your presence here and your stay on earth is for you to prepare for what you will be and your status when you get to heaven and you stay that way through eternity. Yes, How do you know that? I know that because James and John, they want good status when they get up there. They they employ their mother. And they said, please talk to Jesus. We know he is the king of kings. He's going to determine everything. And we want to be by his right and by his left sitting right next to him. Power all over. And guess what? The other disciples understood it too. They were mad. They were very angry about that. I mean, they were fighting about that. And notice what? Jesus didn't say to them, no, you got it wrong. There's nothing like that. He told them exactly. That's true. That's what exactly what's going to happen. But it's who the father prepared the place for, and that gave me an understanding that in the when judgment comes, some works. Notice you are going to be judged based on your works for reward, and some works will be reval- uh, re- rewarded, and others will be burnt. So it behooves us for uh, that we. Develop that passion for God, for the Word of God. I'm going to start this way uh, in John chapter 14, verse 21. Jesus said, "He who has my word, he who has my word. First, you have to know the word, and keeps the word. He it is who loves me." If you have the word first you have to have the word a lot of christians don't even know the word thank god for you you know the word amen you know the word they don't know the word how can you keep a word that you don't know he who has my commandments he who keeps my com- uh, he who has my commandments and keeps them here it is that loves me. And then he says, my father will love him. I will love him and we will manifest. You need God's manifestations in your life. Know the word and keep the word. And, and Judas, not his says, why would you manifest yourself to us? We want you to manifest yourself to the world. He says, well, the one, the one who loves me will keep my word. So what that says, if you're not keeping his word, which means obedience, you really don't love him. You can say you love him. The measure of your love is determined by the measure of your obedience to his word. You know, a lot of times we're thinking about not committing sin, not doing something wrong. That's half of the story. There is a lot more to do than not to do. And we need to focus on what He wants us to do. Keep His Word. That's what is important. And have passion for His Word. Now, Psalm 119, I believe verse 105, Thy Word is a light to my feet. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, God determines our path. Now, if you're walking in a path without light, you are going to stumble. But guess what guides your path? His Word. And David, over and over, he tells the Lord, I delight in your law. I love your commandments. I will walk in your commandments. He didn't have the power, but he delighted in it. If you want grace for the word, delight in the word. If you want manifestation for the word, delight yourself in the word of God. Do whatever it takes to know what the word is saying. Immediate obedience is desirable before God. You know, God has something with obedience in His Word. And I want to go, we hardly talk about those things in the church these days. We're talking more about what God's going to do for us in faith. But let me tell you something your works determine the level of your faith. Faith without works is dead. So if you have true faith in the Word of God, it's shown in your works. And it's the works that's going to be tried on the day of judgment. Not your faith. It's your works. Because your works is born out of faith. And if the work is born out of genuine faith, you get a reward. If it's born out of the flesh for wrong motive, for whatever it is, you got no reward. So, God's looking for obedience. And God has a saying about this thing called obedience. In His Word, I read in Isaiah, this scripture has always stayed in my mind, uh, from the time I was a a new Christian. And and, and God says this, He says in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 5, He says, Why should... You'll be stricken again. In other words, I spanked you before for disobedience, and you're not doing it. He says, why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. He How can this thing be? guys?" I've seen that with Christians when it comes to tithing. They struggle with paying their ties, And maybe God's strength is strengthened them. And things get hard. Guess what? You think they will immediately go back to paying their tithes? Guess what? Things are harder now. I can't even do that anymore. Okay? Maybe it was once in a while they gave. But now things are even harder. And so God's saying, why should I strike you again? It's not going to produce anything good. Except for the grace of God. He says this. The whole head is sick. And guess what? It goes back to the heart. The whole head is sick. And the whole heart is, I mean the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and petrifying sores, they have not been closed or bound up or spoiled, I mean, or suited with uh, ointment. The point I'm trying to make here is this. When the heart is not in the right place with regards to obedience, the head is also sick. And if the head is sick, the whole body is sick. And what makes the man's heart sick? Disobedience. Disobedience. So God says, come, let's reason together. Verse 7, the same chapter. Come, let's reason together. Even though your seas be as colored, they will be as white as snow. God can take care of that. When you're willing... God can take care of that. God can transform the, whatever is attracting you towards disobedience. God can reverse that completely by grace. If you will reason with Him and say, Well, I don't think this way is good. I'm going back to God. He pulls you in. Because it's only through God's grace. And notice what He says. If you are willing, verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So, willingness and obedience is the key. You can be obedient and not be willing. How does that work? Because you're just doing it because I'm, I'm, if I don't do it, they are go- somebody's going to say something about it. God sees it. God wants obedience from the heart, it has to be from the heart. And God has something about obedience. We all know this scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Samuel telling, talking to, to Saul. And, and please understand, something is very key here with regards to obedience. Let me say this. Half obedience is no obedience in the mind of God. If you obey God He tells you to do whatever and He speaks to us constantly to do something. I mean, He doesn't judge you for it most of the times because you didn't obey, He'll find somebody to do it. That's the way God is. But you lose the blessings that come through obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Every time you disobey and you don't listen... He doesn't judge you, especially in the New Testament, there's much grace, but he's going to find somebody else to do it, and they get blessed. Let me give you the story of it. You you remember David singing and dancing, and Uzzah reached out his hand and touched the ark, and um, God came down on uh, Uzzah pretty hard, and he died. And David says, "I don't want the ark in my place. He's gonna kill all of us." And a guy called Obedidim decided bring that ark to my house. Okay, Sonny. He brought it to his, ha- brought the ark to his house, and God blessed the house of Obedidim. And God started blessing this man, and the world people were talking about it. You know something? Since that man took that ark into his house, his life is transformed. Man, God's really blessing him. And nobody knew what to do about it. And David heard that the guy is being blessed. He said, bring me that ark right now. Okay? I want the ark in my house. So, obeying God is so important. There is a difference. David and Saul. Who's the greatest sinner? You see, David will obey God when he understands what God wants. He has his own way. But when he knows what God wants, that's what he's going to do. But Saul, he's going to compromise. He's not going to go all the way. And God sees that, and that happens to Christians. Remember, I believe it's um, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, Hebrews chapter 4, seven, verse 15 as well. He says, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart as in the days of provocation. What's he talking about? Every time you don't listen to God in a given area, guess what? You allow your heart to be a little hardened. You allow your heart to be a little hardened. It could be, No, I know we you're talking about, it could be, God telling you, lay your hands on that person and pray for them. But you don't want to be embarrassed. It's the public. Guess what? He may not bother with you for a while. He may give you another chance. That's what happened to Saul. God gave him one chance and he blew it. And God gave him another chance and said, no, Paul, "Do the, uh, Saul, I mean, go do this for me, King Saul. Go out. Destroyed the amalekites and again he went halfway he wouldn't go through he uses his understanding the first one maybe some of us don't remember the first one god has told him through samuel go i samuel i'm going to come wait for me before you do the sacrifice kings don't sacrifice to god that's not their job priests and the prophets do that and the people were scattering going away from him because the enemies were looking the enemies were looking at him in the face and his people were scattering and he thought hey somebody's got to do the sacrifice samuel is not showing up so he did it contrary to what he knew and right after he got through it here was samuel you wonder why did samuel wait so long god was checking his heart and he check your heart and my heart as well. And he failed in that. And then God gave him a second chance. And go get the Amalekites. And then again he went and he said he, was, he wanted to be popular. He wanted people to follow. And he says the people says to keep. And he did. And this is what Samuel told him. We must understand these things are reading for us. So we know exactly what God's doing. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 so Samuel said has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord God is more excited when you just listen and do ex- just the simple thing he's asked you to do than Offering some great sacrifice. I'm going to go to Africa and be a missionary. But your disobedience in a very little thing here. God says, no, that's not that important. First, take care of your obedience. Because the other one is a missionary in Africa. People will talk about it. But the way you're treating your family at home, that's more important to God than going to Africa. So take care of that. So it says, God is so important, uh, uh, is into uh, obedience, is so strong on obedience. It says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed or to hearken than the fats of ram. You can kill all the animals, you can make all the sacrifices. As far as God is concerned, obedience is more important. It says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Young people have to really watch about this, okay? When you don't listen to your parents, or mm, talking to the wrong crowd, um, or you're rebellious even to your leaders. There's a little rebellion there. Guess what you're practicing? In the mind of God, God witchcraft. It's witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity as idolatry. You might as well just build something in your home and start worshiping an idol uh, when you're stubborn with with regards to the word word of god so god prizes obedience and to me immediate obedience is more important to god let me say this you you there's something the bible called the way of the lord i always look for that i got nothing to prove to anybody the way of god The way God does His things. And you learn from the patterns of people's lives that have gone before us. I've come to realize that when you listen to God, even if you hear the Word of God, and you listen, and you act on it, you get God's attention. I'm going to start with a a king. It's not in here. A king called Ahab, wife of uh, Jezebel. They had killed... Nebot the man, the vineyard man, and, and God, God came in. I mean, this guy had been very wicked. He killed this man just to get, they killed the man just to get his, his land. He was the king, he had power, so he took over the land. And God sent his prophet, go tell Ahab what's going to happen to him. And the prophet is a bad situation. And the prophet pronounced it. And Ahab saw what was coming, and he was crying out. And the prophet had given the word he was going, the prophet said, turn back, tell him, just because his heart he felt it, I'm going to delay this punishment." You see how God is just listening to him. That's how important it is with God. I notice that when you see in the scripture, there are those that have gone before us. God seems to respond more when you hear the word and it cuts you to the heart and you respond. Something huge happens. When there is delay, yes, it's still good. But not as good as when you hear the word for the first time and you say, I've never heard that before. And it pricks your heart and you think, wow, I haven't done that before. God, please help me. Believe me, at that point, you have help. At that point, you have help from heaven. But when you fight the word and you make an excuse for the word, and say, well, God understands, you lose the grace. You lose the grace. And when you listen, when God tells you and you immediately act on it, the grace of God upon your life And the anointing comes upon you at that point. And guess what? The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God found a man or woman he can walk with. But when you hesitate, you destroy everything. That's the point of this message. Immediate obedience. I saw that in the life of Abraham. No wonder he was called the friend of God. And if you read the life of Abraham from one event to the other, once he's heard from God, he will not delay. Instantly, he goes for it. It doesn't matter what it is. So there is a principle here. If you hesitate, you're not fit for the kingdom. That's the principle behind it. I want to read about Abraham here in Genesis chapter 12. He says, now the Lord has said to Abraham, or Abraham, before he was Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. So notice, every time God tells you to do something, there's always, if you do this, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to bless you. It, there's no secret to that. You can read through, read through the scriptures. If you do this, this is what I'm going to do. Now, he leaves it to you and you're on your own and he's watching what you do with it. That's the key here. So he told, these things are written for our example so we know the way, the way of the Lord, the way God does his things and how they responded. We talked about Saul, the way he did his thing and now we're talking about about uh, Abraham here. God says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice, those were just words Abraham heard from God. Nothing had changed. And so the Bible tells us in verse 4: so Abraham departed. There was no delay. He he was gone. He left his father's house and everything that he knew, he obeyed God. That's the first instance. And some of us, we we want to think that God was constantly speaking to Abraham. I don't think so. God said, Come to the land that I will show you. God wasn't walking in front of Abraham. He just left. And wherever he felt like going, God was leading him. And everywhere he went, God was with him. Why? Because he had obeyed in the first place. When he decided to leave, he had the grace to know without seeing God where to go. He had that. God wasn't walking in front of him. And the land was the, in, later, the promised land God had given to the children of Israel, where Israel is stayed today. But because he obeyed instantly, he had the grace to know exactly where to go that God gave to him later. It says, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old we got room for that for us okay (laughs) we can still obey well god i'm too old why didn't you talk to me when i was 25 okay we can still do it now another instance with abraham was was uh with regards to circumcision god has spoken to him about uh, his circumcision. In verse, uh, um, Genesis 22, from verse 1 through 3, Now it came to pass that, they, uh, after these things, that God tested Abraham. No, I'm, I'm wrong. That's uh, Genesis chapter 17. 17, sorry. Chapter 17, verse 10. It says, This is my covenant, which you shall keep. God telling Abraham... This is my covenant that which you shall keep. Between me and you and your descendants after you every male child among you shall be circumcised. In verse twenty six. That same day, you know how old Abraham was? Ninety nine years old. No delay. That same day, Abraham was circumcised, and his son Ishmael, and all the men of his house, born in a house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. The same day God spoke to him. Circumcision is not something that is painless. And believe me, at 99, that will be very painful. But he had heard from God. This was a covenant thing between me and you. That was when God changed his name to Abraham and told, talked to him about Sarah. Sarah was going to have a, a child. He believed it. The point is, if you believe, you act on it. If you don't believe, you're not going to do anything about it. Until you get to the place of, of, of faith, you are not going to do anything about it. I see that life in Abraham's life. The desire to serve God and to do whatever He says. And you can read in Genesis 22, same thing happened. God told him to sacrifice um, his son, Isaac. And it says, the next day, he rose. The next day, he was up. He didn't discuss it with his wife. That's the good thing to do Don't in a thing like this. He told no one, but you, the point here is knowing the way of God. Notice why he is called the father of faith, right? When you read his story, it was instant obedience every time. He never deviated from that. That's the story of the life of Abraham. He wasn't perfect, but when he heard from God, he did whatever God told him to do. That's where the difference is. Serving God and doing what he wants us to do. I look at the life of uh, (coughs) Elisha. Elisha was anointed to replace uh, Elijah. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning from verse 19... It says, after God spoke to Elijah, it says, Elijah departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plying with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelve. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. So, mantle, his anointing, you come coming after me. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, that's Elijah said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? Basically, you understand, but notice his reaction. He knew what God was wanting from him. And as far as he was concerned, the old life is gone. I'm starting a new life. And you read the story, he went back, he took that yoke, of oxen, slaughtered them. In other words, I'm not going back there anymore. Finished everything, departed, and he followed. But I want to move on a little bit quickly. There's a significant principle in this that we must always adhere to. And you can find that in Luke chapter 9, verse 61 and 62. It says, another disciple another, uh, another said, Lord, I will follow you But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No one, once you look back or you hesitate, is not going to work no one having put his hand on the plow if you look back you are not fit for the kingdom so to be fit for the kingdom and to do what god wants you to do you make up your mind this is where i'm going nothing is stopping me i'm going to do what god tells me to do even if there is opposition. I'm not going to look back. I'm going after what God tells me to do. Even if it's not making sense at a time. Even if it's not working, that doesn't matter. God asked you to do it, and you know God asked you to do it. That's exactly what you're going to do. If you look back, then you are not fit for the kingdom. How many times God has told us to do something, and we immediately, we have all kinds of things going on in our head. And we analyze these things, whether this is right to do. And sometimes we want to talk to people about it. And guess what? When you start talking to people about it, that means in your heart you really don't want to do it. And everyone that tells you to do it, you avoid. And you only look for those that want you to do what you want to do. And God sees it. There is a story with uh, uh, the life of Peter. Uh, Jesus had used his boat and to speak from. And after Jesus used the boat to speak, he decided he told Peter, "Why don't you put, lead, uh, I mean put your net down?" And you're going to catch some fish. Peter was a fisherman. He knew that. He says to Jesus, we have labored all night. We labored all night. We caught nothing. We labored all night. We caught nothing. But then he says, at your word, just because you said so, I'm going to do this. If you read in verse 6, and says, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Why did he do this? I believe Peter did this because he hesitated. He had been with Jesus, he knew about this, just because he hesitated to listen before he obeyed, Everything about his life came onto him. He understood you don't hesitate when God tells you to do something. You do not hesitate. You go ahead and you do what God has told you to do. I see a serious principle when it comes to listening to God when God has told you something to do. Go ahead and act on it without hesitating even if you don't understand it in your mind it's better for you to just obey and listen to god and, and sure the enemy is going to come and make you feel like god is not in it because it's not working the way you expect it to be but that's not important the thing to do is to obey what god is telling you to do instant obedience is desirable there is a man in the scriptures that had a withered hand. You know the scripture for that? And Jesus got into the synagogue and they were watching him to see whether he'll heal the man. I wish that's exactly what it is in our time. Notice, they were not doubting if the man will be healed if Jesus healed them. Right? There was no concern whether or not this person was going to be healed. They were sure he can and would heal this man. All they didn't want, don't do it on this Sabbath. We would like to have that problem today, amen? Where the whole church is aware and knowing, Pastor, you need to preach first before you pray. We know God's going to heal. Not the fact that, will God heal this person? This is a very bad case. He knew he had a withered hand, and if you read in the scripture, they watched Jesus to see if He would heal this man, and Jesus called the man to the front, making everybody net. He says, there's no secret here. everything is out." Amen." And then Jesus said, "Is it good to do good on the sabbath or to do evil?" Nobody answered. And notice he never said to the man, Now, son, I'm healing you now. So stretch out your hand. Right? He never did that. He said to the man, just looked at him and said, stretch out your hand. And the Bible says, and he did what? And he stretched it out. And the hand was restored whole as the other. There is a principle here. He stretched it out and the hand was restored just like the other. You'll find out in Mark chapter 3. His hand was restored. When did that happen? When he stretched it out. What if he had argued with Jesus, you know, uh, my hand is withered. Everybody here knows my hand is withered. I can't do this. Why don't you, that's what we hear in the church, why don't you heal me first and I will stretch out my hand. No, when God has given the word, act on it. That's why a lot of people don't get healed in the church because they are waiting for some kind of feeling. And we need to understand that's the way God works. Instant obedience is very desirable to God when you listen. To what he's telling you. Even if it doesn't make sense. You can argue with it. But it's always good to listen to God. God prizes obedience. And we should obey him instantly. I believe that. The world tonight. Don't know what's happening to you in your life. God's telling you to do something. Obey him. And you are in God's will. I remember in my own life. God, um, in 2000, had called us, Angela and I, into the ministry. And basically, I knew to go, but there was no word as to where to go. I didn't have any understanding. All I knew is I can go to Africa, and they would let me preach. So that's where I went. And, and God did His work. And we had so many miracles happen from city to city, from church to church. And I was enjoying myself. It was good. But the way I thought is, I'm just doing something, you know, obeying God and going. there. But then a time came when things were going to change. And the Lord spoke to me then, that's before the Ark Fellowship. Now I knew something was going to happen. And He said to me, you have obeyed me what I called you to do. You've gone where I asked you to go. I said, I don't know about that. (laughs) Because I had no idea that I was doing what he asked me to do. Everywhere I'd been was where he wanted me to go. Just because you heard the word and you immediately obeyed without considering anything else. That's the way God wants it to be. Instant obedience. There are a lot of things that God has spoken to us in the Word. We need to get to them and believe and act on them. And God will bless. Stand up with me tonight. Mm -hmm. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fats of Ram don't know why this message but is there somebody is god speaking to you tonight about something that you need to obey him maybe you've hesitated and you wondered in your mind is this god but based on the word of god you know god is speaking even if it doesn't make sense why don't you commit tonight to obey him commit tonight to obey him obedience is very key to God's word that's what God's calling us to do would you commit that thing to God and don't be forceful remember what I said I said this before the wisdom that is from God is peaceable easy to yield when you're not yielding there's pride there most likely God's not in it because God doesn't work with pride. It's something that you don't know. You don't have control over. But yes, I can do it. Something is wrong. And you're going to eventually fall flat on your face. It's got to be coming from Him. You have to understand. But you need to obey. Even if it's not convenient. You need to obey. I'm getting in my spirit. Some of us need to call somebody. And tell them. And basically ask for forgiveness. For forgiveness. Or forgive. That's what you need to do. You need to do that. There are things to be changed in your life. God has been talking to you about it. It's time to say yes God. I'm going to change that. I'm going to do what is right. That's obedience. It's not just speaking from the word. He will speak to your heart. Concerning issues going on in your life. The word of God is the light to your path. That's what this is all about. We do. Please lift your hands up tonight and tell God, you know what it is. You know what it is that God's asking from you. You know what it is that God is asking you to give up. You know what it is that God is asking you to do. Maybe it's to wake up and pray, whatever that is. Maybe it's to witness more. Maybe it's to share with somebody in your office. You haven't listened yet and you're holding back your blessing. Instant obedience. Tonight is another chance God is giving to you because he did that with Saul. Let God give you another chance to do this and say, God, I'm going to do it no matter what. Does not make sense? Don't know if I have the resources. Don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to step out just like Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Let God do that for you tonight by saying in your heart, God, I am willing. I will be obedient. God, I am willing. I will be obedient. God, I thank you for your word. Your word does not return to you void. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your ways remain the same. And God, we ask that you teach us your ways. Teach us to walk in your paths in the name of Jesus. Open our hearts and fill our hearts with obedience to your word. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. Here you are your children. We're standing before you and your servant also, God. Give us a heart of obedience. Give us a heart of humility before God. Because out of a humble heart, we obey you, trusting in you and you alone. Thank you, Father, for your great love. Thank you for the word of God that tells us immediately. They did what God said to do. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you.